Welcome to Don't Eat Your Young, a podcast where we will hear stories from nurses just like you that will validate, educate, and inspire you. I'm your host, Beth Quass. Today, I'm excited to have Shane Sloan on the podcast. He's been a nurse for many years. He went from being a nursing student to an ICU nurse, where he found out that the work was very stressful and he became burnt out with the hours that he was putting in with not a lot of support. We'll hear about his journey through that ICU experience, his burnout, and now becoming a business owner, educating nurses, delivering CEUs. Welcome, Shane Sloan. Hi, Shane. Thanks for being on the show today. How are you? Good, Beth. Glad to be here. How are you? I'm really excited to talk to you today. You kind of have a business that's a little unique, but first let's start talking about your nursing journey. Yeah, so nursing, uh, I like to say it's been good to me, but it's been rough on me. (laughs) I think that's the case for a lot of people. As I'm hearing from a lot of people these days. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I started off as a nurse in an intensive care unit, and the transition from nursing student to nurse, I was totally amped, so excited, right? And it didn't let me down in the fact that I really loved what I did. But what I didn't love was the environments that had been created within those workspaces. You know, at first, it's really easy to overlook and to, to kind of rationalize that, if you will. But over time, it really took a toll on me. Um, so I was working in the intensive care unit for about eight and a half years different units but you know the same type of work and over time I loved the career of nursing but I became overwhelmed with the stressors that were presented to me as an intensive care unit nurse and though my colleagues were amazing in many senses the number of protective factors what I like to call them right things that reduce your stress or help you cope Um, they were outweighed by the stressors, right? And so I ended up pretty burnt out after my my stint, and I really couldn't continue in the intensive care unit anymore. Do you think that um, your your managers took notice of that, or is there anything that they could have supported you more with? I think that they recognized it, um, but I don't think it was a priority. That's the truth. I know that's not a pretty truth, but I think it's the truth. Um, I think that we go through a lot as nurses in general, no matter where you work, whether it's an intensive care unit or a surgical center. And I think that managers, and I've had some phenomenal managers, but in general, tend to be detached from the stressors of everyday nursing, right? So one thing that really stressed me, which everybody has different stressors, was the constant change, right? So it seemed like every couple of weeks, it's a new way to do your job, which is stressful, right? So when I have a patient who gets admitted to the unit, and I know that I need to go get some IV tubing and some medications, I need to order some medications, I need to call the physicians. If you change the way that I do three of those four things at a critical time and don't give me time to digest, understand that, pilot that, that adds a tremendous amount of stress. So for me, I think that the number one stressor that's being overlooked is the pace of change and the amount of things that we're asking of nurses. So, I mean, things are being piled on, but nothing's ever taken away, right? It's, you know, hey, you need to start doing this screening tool and that screening tool and do this on every admission and do this on every discharge. Um, But there's a finite amount of time and energy that we have within a shift. And as things get added, 
there's no absolutely zero consideration for is this feasible, right? <laughs> I love that you mentioned that because you're right. New tools, new charting. Every day it seems something new is coming up, but you're right. Nothing's taken away and you, there is no more added time. Staffing is always short, as we know. So where do you get that extra time? Exactly. And, you know, we all know what happens is very few people want to admit this, but you cut corners on other things. That's just what you do because you absolutely have to. Um, and the sad thing is we've gotten to a point where people are cutting corner on patient care. <laughs> you know, I 100% agree with that. With The time has to come from somewhere. And we know before the end of our shift, all of the charting has to be complete. Exactly. But that all takes time. And I've seen a huge shift. I've been in nursing for getting close to 30 years, our focus on the patient has shifted to focus on administrative duties. Exactly. And I think that as, as administrators and managers and leaders in general, there needs to be an understanding of that. And there, I've felt for a long time that the time of a nurse needs to be quantified. For example, let's just say there's, I'm just throwing this out there, nine hours of patient care in a shift. That is protected. And if you want me to do three hours of charting, that's it. You can't add another two hours of charting onto that and say, hey, guess what? When we audit you, if you didn't do this, you're going to get a demerit or I'm going to have to talk to you or your job's going to be at risk because you're not giving me any choice. You're telling me without telling me to spend less time with the patient. You're telling me without telling me to figure out where to cut corners. And there is no accountability within leadership of this problem because when things don't get done, we look at the nurses. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Who has the closest impact on that? Nurses do. Nurses take care of the patients, but we need this information from a facility standpoint. And so we're going to ask the nurses to do more. We want more information. We're going to pack it on them. Yeah. And it's so much of it comes from a medical legal perspective. You know, it's just, hey, we need to not get dinged for pressure ulcers, right? So I need you to start screening patients head to toe on every admission. That's great. But you know that that takes 20 minutes and it takes another 10 to document. So quantify that and tell me what to take away. <laughs> you know, don't leave me with that decision of, okay, now I have to leave something undone. What? Right. And if you clock out a no lunch or if you clock out minutes late and you're now on overtime, you're going to get called on the carpet for that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the problem. Right. And and as a profession, I think that nursing, unfortunately, it does have a lot of voice in the fact that nursing tends to penetrate multiple levels of management and leadership. But it's really unfortunate. I feel that the view of nursing leadership and management is often to facilitate the needs of the hospital or institution, which do not always align with the needs of the patient or the nurse. And there needs to be a shift. The role of the nursing leader needs to be to facilitate the role of the nurse and balance the needs of the hospital with that of the patient, because unfortunately, sometimes they run counter. I agree with that. I think in the farther you get away from the patient, the more you forget about. And so I've had other guests on too that suggest even C-suite level nursing leaders should be doing a shift with the nurses on the floor doing patient care because once you get away from it you forget how stressful and time-consuming things are 
Exactly. Exactly. I think they should do a shift. And in terms of, you know, time, like we're discussing, they should be trying to do everything they're asking them to do. And if you can't do it, then you can't ask them to do it. Right. Um, And if you do it one day and you're so exhausted that you cry when you get home, that's not okay. You know, and that's the other part that we normalize is 12 and a half hours of solid, uninterrupted, physically and mentally grueling stress is abnormal. It's not a normal Thing that we were designed for and I don't think it's acceptable that we push nurses to the absolute limits and I think that should be a consideration as well maybe it's physically possible but on the day in and day out that's maybe too much to ask of someone I completely agree how do we how do we keep nurses healthy by asking them to do all of this physical and mental mentally stressful things when we're not offering or providing them the resources they need or the time away to take care of themselves. And we're seeing more burnout right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tons more. I agree. And you know, I think that you can look at other countries as kind of a guide for that. So for example, in Australia, their intensive care unit patients are always singled one-to-one with the nurse. Right. And here I'm having my ICU friends tell me I'm getting three, maybe four ICU patients. And come on, that's not safe. It's it's not safe. It's not okay. And I know that we're in a pandemic, but this problem has been brewing for a long time. This is not something that just cropped up last year. Amen. Absolutely. And when you say, you know, every few weeks changes come, well, right now in this pandemic, every hour changes yes. are coming Absolutely. about how we treat things, what we chart, how we do them. And I am really afraid for the nurses out there working now that we're not going to have many nurses left after this. We're not. And I think even the bigger picture for me is the experienced nurses are leaving on mass. And sure, you may have nurses, though I agree with you, we're going to have a big shortage. Um, we're not placing any value on those people who've got 5, 10, 15, 20 years of experience who are a true anchor within their units. They, We have to keep those people, you know. And the answer is not to just churn out more new nurses. We've got to look at how we can keep those people who have decades of knowledge within their brains that teach people and that realize critical situations when others wouldn't and who go the extra mile to make a different patient outcomes. That is completely overlooked when you're looking at an Excel sheet and figuring out staffing for your agency or for your hospital, right? And that makes me pretty sad. You cannot replace experience with a brand new nurse. You can replace a body you can't replace experience. I left my job after 21 years in the same facility and there was nothing offered to help me stay. There was no value placed on you above a brand new nurse, right? Absolutely. It's just hire into that slot. Yep. And that's that's a failure of nursing leadership. They need to come to administration, to the hospital as a whole, you know, and say, hey, look, these people are gold. They're literal gold. And we have to do everything we can to retain them. But nobody's doing that. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And I would say there were a couple of us with many, many years of experience that left at the same time. We were also the people that would voice our concerns and hold people to the fire. And so I think when we said we were going to leave, leadership was like, Great, we're going to get rid of the loud mouths. Exactly right, and that's that's the problem is that that input, that communication should be valued, and it's not. Um, and I think that comes to another problem, which is you know the overworking of nurse leaders and the the expectations that are set on them. You know they. <laughs> 
you go to any nurse leader and you look at their calendar and they're in meetings from eight until four. And I'm like, meetings are great. Meetings are a planning tool, but that is not where actual change work and implementation happens. So if half of your day or 75% of your day is meetings, you're not actually doing your job. Now, you're answering questions, you're filling people in, but you're not enacting change, you're not enabling nurses to do their job. So that it's just a trickle down effect, I think. And, and those nursing leaders are so stressed out in general, I believe that they simply can't process the input. And it's even if they took that and took it back to the hospital as a whole, it probably wouldn't be valued. Um, so I think there are so many layers of problems that it, it's, it's really, it's going to take a lot to change the current environment. But like you're saying, if we don't change it, we're in trouble. And I think we're actually already in quite a bit of trouble because <laughs> by the time I left the intensive care unit, I keep in contact with people. When I first started, it was probably a good mix of, I would say, 70, 75% experienced nurses and 25% newer. And I'm calling newer anybody less than two years. And by the time I left a couple of years ago, it's flipped. It's 75% new people and 25% experienced people. And there are things being missed. You know, you may not be able to necessarily measure that. You may not, it may not make a difference in the bottom line, but there are absolutely discrepancies in quality of care that are occurring that we're turning a blind eye to. And what would our patients say about that? I mean, they're consumers. They're paying a lot of money for that care. Yeah. And we know being on the inside, they're not getting what they what they should be getting. And it it, it is I can say it is no fault of the nurse caring for that patient. It is the demands put on that nurse that is really taking away from the care. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent with that. And I would say nursing leaders, we're not groomed for that. We're not taught that. And we do not I've been in I've been in a leadership role. I was not mentored. I was not supported. I was not given the tools to succeed in that role. And I don't think we do a good job about that. No, I a thousand percent agree with that. And I think that the problem is nursing leadership tends to get their their training from more of like traditional C-suite executives, right? So you're being trained by, you know, folks who look at things from a a, a valuable but different perspective <laughs> and they don't necessarily know how to enable nurses to do their job because that's not what they do um, and I think that's where the disconnect really starts like you're saying is you need to have people who can train people to enable nurses to do their job not to be a little bit one-sided and meet the demands of the institution right I recall a time when we were at a critical staffing level and I called it a crisis. I said, we're in a staffing crisis. And someone came to my office within a couple hours and said, don't use the word crisis. (laughs) But that's what it is. And we can't staff to the needs. So I don't care what you call it. You call it what you want, but that's what we're at. Exactly. Right. And that probably was not recognized as it should have been. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So what are you doing now, Shane? Yeah, so we do, uh, at Nursing CE Central, we do nursing education and an online platform. So uh, I really love it um, because I've loved education from the very beginning. Uh, That process of watching somebody go from a novice or uh, maybe even below that to (laughs) doing something proficiently, it's just amazing. Love it. Um, So what we do is we provide courses for nurses online. 
Um, and it's not quite the same because I don't get that one-on-one, but I do get to curate all the content and work with all the multiple departments. And I believe we deliver a really awesome learning experience in an online platform. I'll never say that online learning is as good as in-person learning, but I really enjoy what we do. And I think we're, we're feeling a need um, where folks can come on, take courses, expand their knowledge base, get a lot of super valuable information, and then take that back to the bedside. And I've been on your website. You offer a lot of different things. There's a great variety. Talk about some of the things that you have available to nurses. Yeah, exactly. So we, uh, one of the things I'm more proud of is we recently launched a COVID certification course. So um, we saw that there was a big void for concise COVID information. So when you go to the CDC's website, um, unless you've got a few hours or more, you're probably not going to get a lot of takeaways because it's really jumbled and there's so many tabs and it's quite conflicting at times as well. Honestly, it is. So that's one example. You know, we took that and we turned that into a two-hour certification course. And so we took the most valuable kind of tidbits and nuggets of information and put those in a really digestible course with really nice graphics to help it make sense and other things. And at the end, you take uh, a test and then you can get a certification. Um, And then we also offer a lot of courses, you know, some on pediatrics and intensive care, psychiatric, outpatient. So we try to offer courses that people would find valuable and that are relevant, right? So um, things like documentation, burnout, the soft skills, we call it. So I think we have a really, really great team here that, that we're working really hard to even expand that even further. Really, really pleased with what we're offering. And I, th- I think nurses are really loving the service and, and we're enjoying it. So. And it's affordable. And why not you get, get your CEUs and learn as well? Yeah. So do you have a team of other nurses that you work with to gather all that information and create those courses? Yep. So we have um, kind of a hub and spoke, if you will. Uh, I think I said that right. System, right? So we have a nursing content manager uh, and she's phenomenal. Her name is Morgan. And so she writes some courses herself, but mostly what she does is facilitate. So we work with folks who are experts in their respective field and we kind of work with them through the writing process to get that information out of their head and into a course and we've got we've got a pretty big pool of authors so we're really working with them pretty steadily to help them write the courses and then we eventually offer those on our website that's awesome and where can people find you there again yeah so it's nursingcecentral.com and that'll be in the show notes as well Excellent. what tips or advice do you have for nurses that are out there right now <laughs> um I think it's going to get better. I'll say that first. I think that this pandemic has brought a lot of light to the hardships of nursing. And I really feel optimistic that if there is a time for change, that this is it. Um, If I could give one piece of advice, it would be be vocal. I don't mean confrontational, but be vocal about what you need to do your job and be vocal about the shortcomings that may be provided at your job. So I think that in nursing, we have created a culture where if you complain, as I'll call it, um, that that's viewed as negative and that's viewed as not being a team player. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, When you go in to do your job and you don't have what you need, talk to somebody about that. Talk to your manager, talk to administration, try to figure out what processes are missing there because it's really one big set of processes. And 
don't be afraid to, to talk about things that, that you need to do your job or things that you need to, to recuperate, right? So if you need help with therapy or anything else, that's also a bit stigmatized. Take care of yourself, right? So, um, but I think the biggest thing I would say is just give that feedback. Like you said, you gave the feedback and it wasn't value, but we can't stop that. And, and that's almost what <laughs> the culture is creating when you get rid of folks who do give feedback, right? But that would be the end of any hope we would have for a significant change, right? So that's what I would say. And, and to realize that I do believe one day it will get better. I, I love that. And I think it's a take-home mes- message for managers to yeah. listen when people are, you know, even if they sound like the squeaky wheel, there's something going on that needs to be explored, whether it's a process change or adding more help or anything. Yep. People need to be aware of what is going. And I, I love that advice that you have for nurses. Yeah. And I think it just created another um, module for you to create. <laughs> it's exactly the best way to give that feedback for nurses. Because again, I don't think we're taught well about communication skills. I agree with that 100%. And I think, you know, one thing that within my organization here that we recognize is we we try to say processes, not people. So 90% of the time when there's an error or something doesn't get done or doesn't get done right, it's the process, usually not the person. Sometimes it's the person, but usually the process. And I think that we would do well as as a profession to realize that and start working towards improving those processes. You know, like if things aren't getting done by half the unit, it's probably not those people. And talking to those people and threatening them, probably not the answer. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I agree. And in making processes, you have to include the people doing the work. Exactly. It cannot be done in a meeting. It has to be done with the people doing the work. agree. And, you know, what I would say to nursing leaders is take a step back and look at what you're actually doing in a day. Look at how much you're actually facilitating patient care. How much are you actually facilitating nurses to do their job? And if that's very little, then I think that you should probably have a discussion with your administration, right? Because at that point, you're, you're probably not serving the folks that you need to serve. I completely agree. And I think, just like you said, I'm optimistic that things are going to get better. The pandemic did show um, what nursing really is all about, the good and the bad, that we need help. We need a lot of help. We need support. Um, And to tell me to be resilient and go meditate and eat better, we all know as nurses, we can't stay hydrated because we can't drink water and we can't get to the bathroom. So exactly. don't tell me to do that. Yep. It doesn't work. Find a way that does work. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the biggest thing is the, the amount of stress, the amount of resilience factors has to outweigh that, you know, and when you pile things and things and things high, you can't just say, Hey, take some of these factors, drink some more water and go meditate. It doesn't work like that. When the stress is a critical level, there's nothing that can help that besides reducing that stress. And I agree with you hundred percent. It's almost insulting when those types of things are doled out because come on, we know that we need to take better care of ourselves, but we don't have time. <laughs> but we don't have time. You're right. Or energy. <laughs> At the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is run out and go run for 
three miles to let that stress off. No, I am too stressed. All I can do is slump down right here on the couch and and know that I have to be back very soon again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it just really makes me sad for the profession as a whole because nurses give so much. Nurses work so hard. And nurses are probably... You know, now that I'm also in the business world, I can say this with a little more confidence. Nurses are some of the hardest working people on this earth. I mean, as a profession, they bust their butts to get the job done almost to a fault. And we've got to start recognizing them and taking care of them. You know, we really do. I agree. I am so happy to share this conversation today, and I know it's going to spark a lot more conversations with people out there doing the work, and we need to come together, and it's time for a change. Just what we talked about today, we need to push that forward, and like you suggested, be more vocal and get the word out there of what we actually need. So I think everyone... Go find Shane on Nursing CE Central. Get those CEUs. He's got so much great content. So I really appreciate you being here today, Shane. Yeah, absolutely, Beth. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. And uh, best of luck on your future podcast. Really excited to see who else you bring on. I'll be keeping in touch. Thanks so much to Shane Sloan for being on the podcast today. Some takeaways after speaking with him, the pandemic has brought to light many of the issues that have been going on in nursing for many, many years. This is nothing new, but it does show us that nurses need more help, more support. He is optimistic for change. He understands that once we get through this, we will come out better on the other side. His advice is to be vocal with what you need let your managers know if things aren't going well and take care of yourself. We'll definitely get through this. I want to thank all of you for listening today, taking your time to be with us on the podcast. If you want more information, you can go to don'teatyouryoung.com or follow me on my Facebook group, Don't Eat Your Young. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. You will find the key